And welcome back to A3's The Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Beckwith, and I'm here with Art Charles Jr. What's up? So today, we're going to dive into decision-making, visualization, roles of a coach, and everything in between. And I want to start off with a story, Art, of uh, got a call yesterday from an athlete. And uh, this athlete is in the middle of the recruiting process, senior year, and with everything going on COVID-wise, it's such a strange year. Mm -hmm. uh, missed out on the junior year last year, senior year. We still don't, it's a spring sport athlete. We still don't know what's going to happen this year. And um, anyways, athlete called me and said, hey, you know, I have a question I want to pick your brain about. I said, yeah, shoot, go ahead. So we're talking about it and there's a, a partial offer on the table to a school that this athlete really wants to go to. And then there's another one that's an Ivy League school, which I, if anybody's ever talked to me about athletics before, if an Ivy League school calls you, take it very seriously, mm -hmm. put it up on your list. Cause that's a very, not many people get to go to the Ivy League. And if you have an opportunity yep. to do that, that's, that's gotta be top on your list. That's so that's there. And what Sathy told me is that, that their coach is telling them to hold off and wait. And so I asked, I said, well, what are you waiting for? I mean, is, are you waiting for a, a larger school, Pac-12, big, you know, whatever that, whatever conference? And the athlete's like, well, no, not necessarily. I like, I really like Cal Poly. And I said, well, then what's the problem? I mean, at this point, it's a verbal. So if you, is it, is it a nice thing to do to verbal and know that you're going to pull out? No, that's not a nice thing mm -hmm. to do, but it happens to athletes every year. I'm not suggesting to be that person, but if you feel strongly about going somewhere, then I think that's a decision you have to make. And that's where we're going to get into this thing. The role of a coach, in my opinion, is that we need to be, we need to be, you know, we guide. Our, our job is to guide and mentor and be there and, and help make the decision, but not dictate. Yeah. Now, I'm sure this coach has every good intention in the world of saying, look, I believe you're better than that. I think you could go to a larger school. And that's great. And the fact that this coach believes in that athlete that much is 100%. fantastic. I mean, we need more coaches like that. Yep. But at the same time, if an athlete is wanting to go to a school like that, that's not our decision because, you know, we talk about this a lot that at some point sports are going to end. They ended for me about 10, yep. 11 years ago. And I had to be able to do something. And be and happy with what you decided. I'm to very do. happy to make, you know, the decisions that I made, you know, yep. that, you know, I broke my ankle in high school and I ended up going to Cal State Northridge to start off my career. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. I mean, the coaching that I got there and the fact that I was, you know, I went playing football and ended up running track. That may not have happened anywhere else. And the coaching, this thing I can't stress enough in my life, the coaching that I got at Northridge was far superior to anything else that I'd seen. And I had friends at USC and UCLA mm -hmm. and San Diego State and all these other places. And our coaching was, I mean, phenomenal. And, and to speak, Jeff is his name. Jeff McCulley was our coach. And to speak to Jeff's credit, we had four Olympians training with us. They were on the track with us all the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was so Jeff, if you ever get a chance to listen to this, uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you, man. Like, seriously, thank you for everything you did. Um, 
but that's a really important thing. And, you know, back then, if you look at it and it's Cal State Northridge versus Wisconsin or Cal or Arizona State, some people would look at that and go, uh, I don't know. And I can tell you firsthand that the experience I had there was just unbelievable. And I, I communicated that to this athlete that, yeah. you know, if, if this one school that you're looking at is something that you're excited about, then you need to really explore that because wherever you go, we got to drop the brand names. We got to get rid of the brand names. And we've got to go where we are going to fit because that's a big, very big thing to understand mm. in life in general. 100%. That the fit is important. Knowing ourselves and being able to make a decision is very important. And that's where the visualization comes in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That you have to put yourself constantly in position to be thinking about where you want to go, what you want to do, how you want to do it. If you get asked a question, how are you going to answer it? Those are things that should be playing in your head all the time. And maybe I'm just a weirdo. I don't know. But I'm all I'm constantly thinking about that stuff that if I were to be asked a certain question, this is how I would answer it. If I got put into this situation, this is what I would do. How you would respond. I'm yeah. constantly thinking about those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And and maybe that's ingrained in me from being an athlete for so long that, you know, we don't want surprises. Yeah. And if I've put myself and thought in those scenarios and visualize those scenarios. And I've thought about them and thought about them and thought about them and thought about the right way to react. Because honestly, as we all know, we can all be pretty fiery. We're all pretty competitive. Mm -hmm. And if I haven't visualized things and I were to react to everything that ever happened to me, I'd probably be putting myself in some pretty bad scenarios because I hadn't thought it through. Facts. You know? And I mean, Facts. so, you know, decision-making is so important. And, and that's what I was communicating to this athlete that, if there's a certain school that you're interested in, not to mention the Ivy League opportunity, mm. these are things that you really have to consider and and don't allow anybody to dictate that for you. 100%. I right? agree. I agree. It's and like you touched on, you know, you have to see how you fit within that system. Right. You know, you have to see your opportunities going there and obviously your want. If you want to go to a school, if that's a dream school or right. just a school you've been looking at in the past and it's something you want to do, then like you said, explore that option because like you said, if somebody else makes your decision for you, then you're going to, and you go to a different school, then you're going to be disappointed. Possibly you love it, but maybe you don't, maybe you're disappointed because you're like, man, you know what? I really like this school. I should have went there. You know, maybe that system that they have over there doesn't fit, but where you've been looking at this other school, you've seen their system, you've seen what they do, you know, their coach, you know, those things all tie into making a good decision and being a good fit and your success as, a, as, a, as an athlete, but also a student too. Right. Um, and like you said, like as coaches, you know, we have to like, you have to make sure that, like you said, you guide because, and that the player, the athlete knows that, Hey, look, like, you know, I appreciate your guidance, but it's okay to say, you know what? I want to go a different way. Right. Because your point is valid. What you want is valid. And ultimately, like you said, it's your future. Right. If you, if you're going to take this choice, it's, it's essentially, it can shape your future because you're getting your education there mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're playing your, your sport, you're athletic, you're, you're, um, you're an athlete, you know, you want to take your game to the higher level. All those things tie into your success. And like you said, visualization, did you see yourself going here? What do you want? You right. Know, is this something that you've seen before? Oh, I saw myself at Cal, Cal Poly doing this, or like, for instance, I play ball. I saw myself hitting home runs at Cal Poly for a long time. Right. You're going to go there. You're going to feel comfortable. You're going to like, you've already seen yourself there and doing it. You know, you're right. in that actions, your, your successes, your, your training, all those things you've already foreseen it. Mm -hmm. Therefore it's second nature to you. 
And I, I agree with you said which what you said fully. Yeah, and that's it. You know, when you when you go into training, we we also talk about this a lot. I mean, you and I have actually we did it this morning in one of your <laughs> drills. You know, yeah. it's it's putting yourself in position to be able to find a way to make it relative of what you're doing. Now, Facts. just to explain what we're talking about today, um, part of your set was grabbing a rope, mm-hmm. a hand a handle of rope, yep. which you hold a bat. So there's number one that doesn't. You're never going to hold a rope ever in your baseball <laughs> career on the field. Yeah. So that's one thing that you have to visualize differently. Mm-hmm. You're on a cable machine, which is extremely slow compared to your swing. Mm-hmm. And we were doing some like eccentric moves, which means we were going really slow on the way back to control, find the right spot. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I was throwing a tennis ball at you that I was trying to throw knuckleball so that it was still, <laughs> and you could call out a letter as you were moving your hands right now are you going to get a tennis ball with a letter thrown at you no are you going to be standing holding a cable machine no no are you going to be swinging that slow no No. we also did it from the other side are you a switch hitter no no so you start looking at all those things and it's like well what are we doing here why are we even doing that well because what we're trying to get your brain to understand is the movement of it to really isolate the abs and open up the hips so that you can get into the right position and so that your eyes can stay focused on a target and actually find it like you're mm-hmm. trying to find the seams when the ball's coming mm-hmm. at you, right? Recognizing so all, pitches. Absolutely. So yeah. all of those things are happening at the same time, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. But if you, as an athlete, can put yourself visually on the field mm-hmm. and I'm actually a pitcher on a mound throwing something at you, now all of a sudden you've been there. So now picking up a pitch, mm-hmm. we practiced and practiced and practiced mm-hmm. and practiced. And now you you're seeing felt that felt your abs and you felt your adductors and you felt your feet mm-hmm. on the ground. And we took the time to feel those things. So now in an instant, because you're a pro, you've been doing this for gosh, 20 something yeah, years yeah, yeah. at this point, right? I mean, as a pro, pro 10, 10, but yeah, but, but the rest of my life, yeah, 100 percent 20 something years, yeah. you know. So you look at it from that standpoint, is <laughs> you know how to swing a bat you know how to hit a ball. Mm -hmm. So now we're at a point in your career where we can focus on bang, 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 bang. Can you feel your feet? Can you feel your abs? Can you feel your hips? Can you open up that pelvis and do that? You know, Mm -hmm. all of those things come with it. So now it's visualizing those things. So now what just happened? Well, you just got 150 reps of reading a ball without Mm -hmm. ever having to take batting practice, be on the baseball field, or put myself in a game situation. Right. And we got that done at the same time of doing some RDLs to work your hamstrings and open Mm -hmm. that up so that we can get some mobility in your hip and also work all that shoulder matrix stuff that Mm -hmm. we're doing and the light board. And the light board, yeah. So you look at all of those things and the scenario, how we are hitting that whole picture of your body and Mm -hmm. rehabbing you through things. And you're visually now getting, you know, from a visualization standpoint, you're now breaking down all those little things that you do. And you, you probably got close to 800 reps today. If just doing dummy math in my head, but Mm -hmm. you know, 800 plus reps today. And now all of a sudden we never even held a bat. You never even looked at a baseball. You weren't even outside. You were actually working and isolating certain things to make you better there. Yep. And then when you get on that baseball field, when you get in that situation, like you said, you've done it already. All the muscles and stuff are there. They're ready. They're firing. They know what to do. And it's a, it's easier to react. It's easier right. to have to perform and to be able to put out my A swing, right. to be able to read a pitch and give my, you know, be able to lay off that pitch, be 
able to recognize, oh, that's a fastball. Oh, that's that's the three on the ball right there. That's right, the W right. or the L, the K, you right. know? And I mean, I, I loved it. It was great. And that's the thing to think about is, you know, to break down visualization to its core so that to, to explain it the best way I can is in any given situation, whether that's talking to a coach for the first time, asking somebody to marry you, uh, having a, your first child. I, mean, I could go on and on all these like firsts that are extremely nerve wracking and can be stressful. Ninth inning, tie score, runner on base and you're at bat. You've got to get a hit or it goes into extras and you don't want to face the next guy. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Right. Or <laughs> that happens too. Sometimes right. you're like, look, I don't want to face the guy coming in. Right. I need to, I need to make this happen now. <laughs> or your bullpen's already demolished. <laughs> yeah. So who's going to throw for you? You know, all those yeah, things. So, yeah. and this is what I'm talking about. So at the base level of visualization, why do we do it? Well, there's only so much energy we have in our brain to make decisions and make good decisions. Mm-hmm. So if I'm nervous, if I am by nervous, I mean, if I'm self-conscious about the situation, cause I don't know what decision to make and you that prepare, you're not prepared. That takes energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if, if that's happening, I'm already probably in a bad position. I'm not the most balanced cause I'm not focused on the balance aspect mm-hmm. of it. That takes energy. So now I'm probably going to have to take some kind of false movement that I don't normally do to be able to try to make something happen. Now, as that's happening, I'm using too much energy because I'm ramped up trying to figure out what to do. I'm going to overcompensate for that situation. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a really bad scenario and I'm probably not going to succeed like I should. Mm-hmm. That all takes energy. So why visualization? Simply, if I have put myself in that position already mentally, I've seen it, I've been there, I've thought about it, I've seen myself doing it then when it actually happens, it's not a surprise. (laughs) I'm not as self-conscious because I've thought every scenario I can think of, you've probably thought of every pitch that's ever been thrown at you. Mm -hmm. You know, all these, you know, where you need to hit it. You're looking at the holes in the defense, where you need to go with the ball, so on and so forth. Defensive placement, all that. Exactly. And you can do that in a snapshot now because you've thought about it so many times. Mm -hmm. That's visualization, right? Being on the track, you know, as a pole vaulter, same idea being in a race on the starting line, same idea that I have to think about the wind and I have to think about the way the, the pit is set up and how the standards are set up. And I mean, I could go on and on and yeah, on about Kobe, that stuff, right? Kobe in the gym shooting all those shots. Absolutely. Why well, he's one of the best that's ever done it. Right. You know, he's visualized, visual, <laughs> use visualization to right. go out there and during his practice to put up those thousands of shots he put right. up every day after practices before mm-hmm. people got there to practice before games or whatever, you know, right. and that visualization is huge. And I know right. like I've kind of talked about a little bit before is I've done that, you know, and I feel like the success that I had the last season was attributed to that visualization that I used yeah. because I wasn't playing at the time. I was still rehabbing and, and coming back from the little hip injury that I had. And while during the game, I wasn't messing around with the guys. I was paying attention, locked in, still taking mental at bats seeing, okay, this guy's similar hitter to me. How is he going to pitch him? Okay, I know this. he has this pitch and this pitch and this pitch. Okay, this pitch isn't working for him today. Okay, so in this at bat, I'm not looking for this one. I'm not hitting. I'm in the dugout processing all this in my mind. Right. And then whenever I was able to get back on the field and play, I was out there doing it. 
like right. I, like I hadn't like I hadn't missed a step. It was like it was a riding a bike, you know. But yeah. really, the game's a lot more harder than riding a bike. You <laughs> right? Know? No, absolutely. But because is. I prepared myself mentally and visual visual visualized, I can't. I don't know why I'm struggling <laughs> with that word today. Visualized everything. Yeah. I was able to go out there and perform, you know, at a high level. Right. And that just goes to show the difference of going out there and not being prepared, like we spoke about, not visualiz. <laughs> What am, what's going visualizing. on? Right? <laughs> visualizing. <laughs> Can't speak English right now. Visualizing and and going out there and just you know, going out there and running out there and right. instead of the preparation that goes into it. And that's what we talk a lot about with all of our athletes at the higher level you get to, the less the physical skill matters. Mm -hmm. It's what can you handle from a mental capacity standpoint. Mm -hmm. And to come off of an injury like that, where you're not getting to practice, you're not getting to work out all that much, you're not getting to do the things that you would normally do to prepare. Mm -hmm. And you literally just took mental reps every single game, every single day. Mm -hmm. The difference of that is you have the physical ability. You've already done it millions of times in your career. So now it's how quickly can I make a decision? Mm -hmm. That goes back to the energy system that I was talking about, that you found a way to take the guesswork out of it because everything's about reacting. Mm -hmm. The ones that get, there's some that guess really, really well, <laughs> and they have really good seasons. They mm -hmm. don't have good careers. True. That's a, huge, that's a seasons. bar. That's a bar right there. Somebody <laughs> needs to put a little dot next to that. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, right? They, yeah, there's yeah. some guys that they can just guess and they're smart enough to guess. But after time, the other people they're competing against figure that out mm -hmm. and they confuse them. Yep. And then that athlete gets confused and then no longer are they as successful as they were the season before. And this is what we're talking about. So from an energy standpoint in the brain, the better I understand the situation because I've been there, I've put myself there. I, I've, and this goes for job interviews. This goes mm -hmm. for tests. This goes for sitting for boards. This goes for any of that stuff. If you've put yourself there and you're not surprised by the moment, you're going to be able to make a better decision and you're going to be able to be in the moment better so that you react better. Mm -hmm. And this is the whole thing. So when it goes back to this athlete who's trying to figure out what to do about school, these are the things that that athlete needs to start thinking about. Okay, well, this school versus this school versus some other school that calls me out of the blue, you know, where's my heart at right now? Mm -hmm. What do I really think that is best for me and my family? Because what if I do go to this new school that that all of a sudden start calling me, but it's five states away? Mm -hmm. Well, they're never going to see me ever compete and I probably never will be able to get home, you know, so on and so forth. And those are things that need to be thought about as well. Now, if it's again, if it's me, this is just my personal opinion. If it's an Ivy League school, you deal with it, you know, because, yeah, again, sports are going to end. <laughs> yeah, you got you know? the bigger picture to think about, too. <laughs> and if you have that sitting back there on your shoulder when everything's said and done. Yep. And again, when I was in college, this is why I, I kind of feel this way. You know, at the NCAA championships, we were at the University of Oregon. And in one of the radios, the 400 meter hurdles for the women. And you've got you've got female athletes in this race from LSU and USC. And we actually Northridge, uh, Francis. Um, you know, we had a bunch of people in this race and there was a, there was a young woman from Harvard in the race. 
Mm-hmm. She won. The, wow. The athlete yeah. from Harvard. From Harvard, yeah. Won. Now, could she, because you know now that she was the NCAA champion, could she have been at LSU, Texas, Florida, mm-hmm. USC, wherever? UCLA at the time was a great all hurdle the, school. Big, yep. Could she have? Yeah, she probably 100%. could have. She chose Harvard. She still won a national title. So you start looking at those things and you go, okay, so what's the best fit for me? You know, and, and these are the things that we have to think about from a decision-making standpoint. And that again, goes back to that visualization side of it and why visualizing things is so important. And is we're not just talking about sports here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about everything under the sun. And if, if you put yourself there, you're going to be in a better position. And that's on us as coaches to really describe it because as a young athlete you get told all the time you got to visualize you got to visualize you got to visualize <laughs> but again if, if you don't understand the why uh, what's that mean or why the am how I doing it? yeah what does that mean you mean like visualize <laughs> catching the ball or hitting the ball or you know getting a kill in volleyball or receiving <laughs> serve like a w- winning the race i guess yeah. but no, we're talking about from the moment, let's, we'll use the hundred meter dash as an example, cause it's pretty simple. I am talking about visualizing from the moment you wake up to where you brush your teeth, mm. what you're eating for breakfast, the ride to the track, what shoes you put on, putting your sweats on, warming up. If you're listening to music or not, mm-hmm. taking your sweats off before the race, because there's some races where you have to check in, take your sweats off now. There's other races where you can take your sweats off later. Be prepared for both. Yeah. Because I made that mistake as a, a young athlete, senior in high school, 200 meters in the master's meet. And they told us to take off our sweats. It was night. It was cold. And I wasn't <sighs> mentally prepped for it. And I let it get to me. I let it like affect my race because... Yeah. We took our sweats off and I'm just sitting there like, and I'm mad that I had my sweats off this whole time. I'm like, what are we doing? Why are we standing around? Like 20 minutes, we were without our sweats after warming up and Mm. we're just standing on the track and I let it get to me, you know, and, and knowing what I know now, if I would have mentally prepped for that, there's a lot of things I would do now in that scenario to not affect me. And these are things that I'm talking about is that you walk yourself through Every single possible scenario going into that competition, regardless of, I mean, and I'm talking every scenario you can think of Mm -hmm. so that you know, what decision would I make if this happened? If the right-hander comes in and I know that he's got a nasty slider. Okay. So this is how I'm going to react to that. This is how I'm going to set my stance in the box for that. This is, this is most likely the way they're going to set up their defense. If that guy's throwing that pitch and I'm a lefty. So this is what, you start putting yourself through all that, right? When it happens, again, we talk about snapshots. Now you've been through all that and you go, got it. And you're going and now you're locked in and you're zoned and you know what's coming. Now you can make that hit. Yep. Same thing in making a shot in basketball. You're talking about with Kobe. He walked himself through every possible scenario there could be. So in the moment, there was no hesitation. All fluid, all natural. Same thing. Right. And that comes down to making decisions. Mm Mm-hmm. The more prepared you are, the more fluid that decision comes out, the more confident you can be. Yep. And as a young athlete, especially a senior in high school, that's, you know, this is your first, one of your first, not not your first, but one of the first really big adult decisions that you get to make. Yeah. You know, because you're going to be on your own now. 
you don't have aunties mommy and, and uncles and, and mommy <laughs> and daddy or grandma and grandpa or you know friends family or whoever it is that's supporting you at the time yep. you don't you don't have that anymore this is on you and wherever you're going to go is that support system going to be good enough for you is that going to fit you and your personality and how you tick are you going to be able to cook for yourself do your laundry are those things set up for you? i mean all these things that normally we don't think about this is part of that decision and if you've put yourself through there you've gone on campus you've seen what the facilities are you know what's available to you now i can picture it so when i get there and practice starts Oh man, I don't, you know, what if, what if your team doesn't do the laundry, doesn't do the practice laundry? Yep. Some, some schools do, some don't. So if you only have two practice shirts and you're required to wear your school's logo on mm -hmm. the field and you don't have anything because you didn't do your laundry, that's a problem. Yep. It just is. And people probably think I'm silly for even saying that. No, that's a thing. <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah. I promise you that's a thing. <laughs> that's part of it. You know, like you may not be practicing because you're not wearing the appropriate thing mm -hmm. or the appropriate logo on your shoe, depending on what school you yep. go to. And you may not be practicing because you're getting punished and you have to run. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, all of those things play into it and it, the better we can visualize and understand what we're doing, the smoother things can be the more confident we can be in. And really mm -hmm. that's, that's the, the silver lining is the confidence. 100%. The more confident we are, the better we will be. And that, I mean, if there's anything that I can advise these young athletes on is the confidence aspect that, that if, if, if you know what you want, what, you know, and it, it's hard to know, right. It's hard mm -hmm. to know. You're not going to know everything. It even, Today, you and I sitting here, I mean, we don't know everything that we want to do with the rest yeah. of our lives. I mean, of course not. Yeah. But I'm confident in who I am. And I know for the most part that I'm going to make a pretty good decision. If I don't, I have a pretty darn good wife that's going to help me. And and she's she's my conscious a lot of times. And I'm going to go over there and say, hey, Callie, you know, this happened. You know, I'm thinking about this. And and we talk through it. That's, mm -hmm. that's our team now, right? Yeah. I don't have to do yeah. it alone anymore, right? <laughs> So, you know, and that's, that's my confidence, right? And that's, and that's important to me. And so those are the things that I know I have situated for me, which makes me more confident, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's having that team set up and knowing what you need, when you need, how you need, and not knowing what's going to happen the next day is okay. If you know, all these pieces are in line for you, you're going to be more confident making that decision to move forward. And that's, you know, that's really what it comes down to in, in Indian training too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we talk about not missing a piece, because we all want to be strong. We all want to be superheroes mm -hmm. and that's great. We all want to lift houses and, and be able to tell people our numbers and all those kind of things. Yeah. A hundred percent. But at the same time, being an athlete requires way more than that. Yeah. Way more than just lifting, building a house. Right. You got to focus on your mobility, like we talked about, right. doing those movements the right way. Mm -hmm. If you're not moving the right way, then you're not gonna you're gonna be in a bad position when you're going out to perform in whatever athletic sport that you do. Um, like we talked about injuries, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were talking about yesterday, just a little sh slight shift in the way you, you your foot is when you're performing some kind of athletic movement can can mean an injury to. You know your hip, your your knee, whatever it may be, just a small thing running right. a certain way. It could be, it could be millimeter <clears throat> movement, 
right? Yeah. Of even a wind up in hitting, mm-hmm. you know. So if anybody you know watches baseball and seeing someone like Art hit a baseball, and this thing flies off a bat and goes three hundred plus feet, four hundred plus feet, and you're looking at that and go, "Man, that guy must be strong." <laughs> you know, he must lift a lot, and of course you're strong. I mean, yeah. duh. Look at mm-hmm. you. You're a strong guy. That's obvious. But that's a very small part of the equation, package. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from reaction to mobility to visual acuity to, I mean, to have, you know, and, and we talked about this before on the podcast, to take a round object and hit it with another round object and make such precise contact that that thing flies 400 feet away from me. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. There's a yeah. lot going on and it's not just strength. Yeah. And it's the same thing, making a tackle, making a tackle in football. Yes. I've got to be strong. I've got to have strong hands. I've got to be able to wrap up and control the person, mm-hmm. get the, another human being to the ground while at the same time trying to strip trying the to ball stay, away yeah. from them. Yes. That takes strength, obviously power and strength, but that person's trying to either knock me down or go around me. And if I don't have the reaction time, if I don't have the ability to make adjustments in space. Well, even the visualization goes back to, it goes back to visualization. Like you're talking about hitting the baseball. If I haven't, if I didn't use those reps of visualization to see that pitch right there in that location and see my body get to that pitch inside or see my body wait and get to that pitch outside and hit it the other way. If I, if I didn't do all those things the right way, if that guy who's playing football didn't visualize, okay, this guy's going to try to spin and juke or do whatever. And I'm going to do this. If he didn't do that Mm -hmm. before that game or before in practice, whatever in preparation, he doesn't make that tackle. I don't hit that home run. I don't get that RBI. We don't win the game. You know, it's just little things. It all comes back down to, the visualization aspect that we spoke about. And I think it, you know, what I experienced in college, I don't know if this is everybody's experience, but I know a lot of people go through this, that we had to take a test every game. And so I played slot receiver for the most part. I mean, I played outside sometimes, but the majority of the time I was playing slot and we ran a five receiver set. So there's a lot of motioning and a lot of stuff going on. But when you run a five receiver set, you know, you're talking about a bunch of different coverages that are happening over there. And we used to have to take tests that I knew that if I was on the right side in the middle, that number 23 was going to be over the top of me. Now, I needed to know that it was number 23 right-handed or left-handed. Was he better in the press or was he better in zone, right? Uh, Was he more more of a guy that would jump a slant or would he stay back and let you run underneath? Because there's ways to play all of those things, right? Mm. Now, if they went into a different coverage and 23 backed off, was someone else going to man me in shadow from the ends? You know, all of these. And we had to know <laughs> all of this stuff. Yeah. If it was third and 12 and I was trips to the right side, but I motioned to doubles on the left, who is bumping over to cover me? What route am I going to run? What if they drop back into a, a zone now all this or a cover two or whatever? Mm-hmm. Now, what route am I going to run? Yeah. And am I a hot reader? Am I not a hot? I mean, these are th- these were actual tests yeah. that we had to take yeah. before a game. So people think, you know, <laughs> you go play football and you're just kind of running around and you're doing those things. And I go, no, I mean, far from that. The studying that goes on in football, baseball, Tape, basketball, that, yeah. watching film, all these things. There's a lot that goes into it. And part of that is, you know, now that you think about it as a coach, 
you're getting, you're almost Jedi mind tricked into visualizing every single possible scenario that there is so yep. that what you're on the field, you make good decisions. Facts. And that's what it comes down to the decision you make, you know? So as a young athlete making a decision to college as a, you know, older, older person or whatever, going to a new job, right. whatever it is, like you said, life happens with, whether it's a, you're moving, whether it's um, like you said, having your first child, whatever it is, right. you got to visualize all the aspects that go into it to make the best decision for yourself to ensure your success or to ensure your happiness within that decision. Right. And I think, you know, one thing for me personally that I was fortunate that I didn't know I was fortunate is growing up in the military and we moved every two years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every year and a half, every two years, I was sitting there like, okay, I know we're moving to Alaska now. So what's, you know, what's it going to be like up there? And, you know, I'm moving to a new school. So what's it going to be like? What sports am I going to play? Who are my friends going to be? And you're, you're imagining this stuff all the time because mm -hmm. you're about to leave this comfort of being where you're at to go somewhere new. And I think that really aided me as I got older mm -hmm. and it, it made me comfortable enough with myself that if I go into a new situation, a new scenario, I'm okay. Like I, I, I don't mind being the new guy. Mm -hmm. I don't mind walking into a room of people that I don't know because I've done it my whole life. Yeah. Not everybody experiences that. And we were just talking about this the other day that, that that's probably one of my biggest faults is I think everybody knows that, <laughs> you know, like I think, yeah. and I think we're all guilty of that, that, you know, yeah. we have, we have certain aspects of our personality that we just expect everybody else to have. And again, that's part of being a coach, right? Of, of the mentorship of being a coach is, is passing that along, not dictating to you that you need to be like me it, yeah. or think like me, but I'm giving you a scenario. I'm giving you a, a perspective that maybe you haven't thought about, right? Like we did that this morning, yeah, right? 100%. Giving you a perspective that maybe, you know, maybe that just hasn't crossed your mind before, but now it has. And now you're going to think outside of your box, outside of your comfort zone and see the other possibilities that could lie right within those other little scenarios that are there. Right. And now because you opened your, you expanded your mind, you're accepting to what was being told to you, seeing those other scenarios. Now you're better seeing prepared. It, visualizing it. Right. Yep. And exactly. so now you, you process things differently. Yep. And now that you process things differently, you have a different perspective of thinking. And so now when it goes into dealing with other humans, mm -hmm. which is you know an issue right now in our world of dealing <laughs> with other humans, that yeah. if we could visualize what it would be like for somebody else in that scenario, maybe things would change a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and that goes down to, again, everyday life. And we're not trying to get too deep here, but I mean, that's, that's really, yeah. that's it. You know I mean? When to be successful, uh Oh, this thing's going on me. So to be successful, <laughs> you've got to be able to see yourself mm -hmm. in multiple scenarios. You've got to be able to see it happening in, in multiple planes. 100%. And, and it goes back, you know, to go back to the athlete originally to bring this whole thing back full circle is to have confidence in the scenario that you're going to be okay, regardless of what you do. If there's something that you desire, go for go it. Go for it. hundred percent. Absolutely go yeah. for it. And, and one thing I said to an athlete yesterday, uh, and it, this plays into this exact thing is when a coach tells you to hold on and maybe wait for something that should show you confidence that shows that they care about you. hundred percent. 
you know, that, that they believe in your abilities, they hundred percent believe in you and what they're saying to you, they're not diminishing what you want. Yep. What they're saying to you is, I think it's fantastic, but I think there's more for you. Yeah. Not saying you, I'm not telling you to say no to these people. What I'm telling you is I personally think you're going to get more offers. Mm -hmm. That's what that coach is saying. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's a very positive thing. And I was with a different athlete yesterday and I was working on his knee and he started feeling better. And, and his dad goes, Hey, I didn't hear you say thank you. And I said, ah, it's okay. I was just joking around. I said, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's, it's a thankless job. Right? Being a coach is a thankless job. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah. And what I said to the kid was, I said, Hey, don't worry about it. And he said, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, don't worry about it. It's all about perception. And it's all about, you know, how you play that scenario into your mind. And what I meant by that was the way I, the way I interpret things now in my career to help me deal with things so that I don't spend energy somewhere where I shouldn't. Yeah. If someone doesn't thank me, the way I look at it is, well, then they expected me to do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right. So yeah. in my mind, that means I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. And they expected Nick. me to do something out of the ordinary. And it just kind of went with whatever was going on that day. So they had confidence that right, you were, exactly. that you knew what you were doing and that you right. were going to get help them out. Yeah. And this kid is a basketball player. So I said, well, let me ask you something. Cause he kind of looked at me and kind of smiled. But I said, well, let me ask you something. <laughs> have you ever hit it? Have you ever hit a game winning shot? And he said, yeah. I said, did anybody thank you for that? <laughs> and he said, no, I went, because they expected you to make it. Yeah. And again, when, when we talk about visualizing, that is something that I've done that I have, I have put myself in that position to not get concerned with that part of it, that I have visualized it enough in my head that I came up with that different reality that if someone doesn't say, thank you, don't take it personally. That's what they, they came in here. They thought that I was going to be able to help them. I helped them. And that was that. And they didn't think to say, thank you. Am I going to get mad about it? No, I'm not. Should they say thank you? Of course. Would I teach my son to say thank you? Of course. Did this mm -hmm. dad make his son say thank you? Of course he did. The kid yeah. would have said thank you at some point anyway. He's a good kid. It was just getting that kid to understand that in life, yeah, there are going to be people that don't do what you expect them to do. You can't take that personally. Facts. That's a decision. Facts. That is a decision that you make as a human being to not allow those things to bother you. That's visualization. If you've put yourself through that scenario enough times and you get to an understanding of your own self that you can be okay with it, you can move on, not spend energy where you don't need to spend energy. Just like we talked about being in the bottom of the ninth. And if you're spending mm -hmm. so much energy worrying about the moment because you've never been in the moment, you're, you're probably failure. not. Exactly. You're inviting failure to come in. Mm -hmm. Don't allow that to happen visualize as much as possible, have a goal in mind and attack it. That's visualization to me. Bars, bars, <laughs> <laughs> bars. Cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like you touched on everything. I mean, that last, that last part was, was it right on. Yeah. Right that on. last part was it. Well, 
That was a good one. That was a good one. Good job, man. <laughs> that was a good one. That <laughs> was. Right. Next time. Yep, yep.